For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. of Over the Line. I am the one and only Andrew McLean. Yes, this is two shows in a row. That is a big deal, y'all. A big deal. Now, I am unsure if we'll have a show tomorrow, and I know what you're thinking. Wow, he's doing it again. But don't worry. We're squeezing as many of these bad boys in as we can. But welcome to the show. So glad you could join us. Overthelineshow.com is a website, as most of you know, Over the Line on social media, on the Facebook. Some of you are watching from there now. And all that jazz. Check out what I got in the mail today. Y'all ready for this? I know y'all that are listening, y'all can't see this, but this is important. I got to show my Facebook people. Check this out. Let me straighten it up. You ready? Trump 2020, baby. That's right. I got my Trump wristbands in. Very excited. Uh, Thanks to uh, keepandbear.com. Keep and bear, like keep and bear arms. Keepandbear.com for hooking me up with that. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, A lot of stuff going on. First of all, if you're watching this video, here's what I want you to do. For you live people, what I want you to do is I want you to do uh, one of two things. You can either share this video on your own timeline because you know I'm going to say something that people on your friends list need to hear. Or you can go down somewhere towards the bottom of this video and click uh, start a watch party. And when you do that, it sends a notification to all your friends, and then they all find out about it, and then they all have to watch and listen. And it's just a good time all 
the way around. I think that's how that works. So uh, click that, share it, do whatever you need to do to spread the message. There's a lot going on today. You know, it's kind of a weird news day. There, There's not really a lot of news, a lot of breaking news, but there is a lot of stuff to talk about. And as I said yesterday on yesterday's podcast, uh, I've got a whole lot to catch up on. But I think I've got kind of a, a strategy to how I can tackle this stuff. Because a lot of the stuff I missed is still being talked about because there's uh, new things happening in uh, in those in those stories, you got the presidential campaign that's continuing to go on. Uh, the Democrats are out there, out front, uh, doing town halls, going to, to states that, I guess, early on, going to states that they wouldn't normally go to. Like, for instance, Elizabeth Warren in Alabama yesterday. Was that yesterday? What is? Yeah, that I believe that was yesterday. She was at. The Batwell Auditorium in Birmingham, Alabama. And she did her uh, her little stand-up Pocahontas routine or whatever. And I guess everybody enjoyed it. I heard there was about 500 people or so there, which I don't really know how to gauge if that was a good crowd or not. But nonetheless, 500 people... Uh, I got to imagine that they were probably counting the media as well, which chances are consisted of about 250, if I had to guess. Because it's a big deal. It's a big deal when you get the Democrat candidate or any any Democrat candidate coming to stump in Alabama, coming to stump in Birmingham. Because it's 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 a tricky business. When you're running for president... Everything is about optics, so you never want to put yourself in a situation where you go to a particular city or you go to a certain state and nobody shows up for your event. Nobody shows up for your rally. You don't want that to happen because that looks really bad on TV. And if you're not a Democrat, you know the media will pick that up and run with it and hammer you for it until um, until it's just old news. So... Uh, it's very tricky. Elizabeth Warren did it. I don't think, uh, if, if 500 is an accurate number, I don't think that's really a bad showing for her, especially this early in the campaign. So whatever. If y'all got to go to that, I'm, I'm glad you did. I hope you had a good time. I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't go. I could have asked her some, uh, very interesting questions that we could have broadcast here on the podcast, but I didn't. Because I'm a loser. Actually, because I was here last night in studio doing the show. That's why I didn't go. Duh. Duh. So, uh, we're going to talk about some Elizabeth Warren stuff. Some Beto O'Rourke stuff. Uh, The Mueller report we are currently waiting on. The nation is waiting on the Mueller report. We wait, and we wait, and we wait uh, through a very, very busy week. But rumors are swirling around D.C. that this thing could drop at any moment. And I, you know, you know how rumors are in D.C. and in the news cycle and all that. I do believe, I'm not going to say this week, but I do believe the Mueller report is on the verge of being released. And I do think... 
that the Mueller report is going to be the new centerpiece of Democrats making excuses. This is not going to entail what they want it to entail. And I think a lot of Democrats knew that this was going to be the case. And they had, um, they had excuses on the back burner already. It was well before now that they were coming up with the, the excuses that they were going to give once the Mueller report came out. Because some of them knew there was nothing in there. Some of them were thoroughly convinced that there was. That there was a Russian collusion and that Mueller was going to expose it. And they've led their 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 people and, and their 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 peasants along with them and convinced them that it is only a matter of time before the Mueller report comes out and then Donald Trump is going to jail. I can't t- I cannot tell you how many people have approached me, uh, posted or or messaged me on social media, and, and said time and time again, you you know all this support you've given the president. You're going to look really stupid when he goes to jail. When Mueller gets done with his investigation and Donald Trump's uh, TV and is in handcuffs going to jail, you're going to look really stupid for sticking up for this president. And I just said, okay. I just let him talk. And they kept saying, TikTok, it's coming. Trump's going to jail. Okay. All right, Snowflake. Whatever you want to believe. Go ahead and believe it. And now here we are. And all the people that said this Mueller, this Mueller guy, very compromised guy, by the way, was going to take Donald Trump down are all of a sudden making elaborate excuses and using this as a reason they need to continue to investigate. And this is why it was such a bad thing the Democrats won in the midterms. Why, why Democrats won the House, when they won the House in the midterms, it's not a good thing because here we are at the end of this and, and they deliberately waited until the midterms were over before they wrapped this thing up. They get through the midterms, now they're getting ready to release the thing because this is one political hit job to benefit the Democrats. Now that it's coming to an end, Democrats say... We need this to continue to hang over the president's head going into 2020. Mueller can't stretch it out that far, but we can because we're running the House of Representatives right now. So we'll basically take Mueller's investigation and just make a continuation of it. And we'll continue to investigate. So it's like the Russia investigation never left. Do not be surprised if they get to a point where they claim that they've got this very loose evidence of of Russian collusion and that they request another special counsel. We've got new evidence, and uh, this requires a new special counsel. We We want to hire uh, Barack Obama for uh, a new special counsel. They'll do it. Don't be. Do not be surprised. And there will be uh, three or four weak need Republicans that will be on board with that. They'll be like, "Yeah, you know what? They're right. We need to investigate. Fair is fair." Going back to what we talked about yesterday, Republicans have this very bad habit of playing by the rules. 
and they're playing a game against people that do not follow the rules. And as you know, if you follow the rules, but you allow your opponent to not follow the rules, you will never win. Think about that. Think about uh, watching a football game. The the Iron Bowl, Alabama versus Auburn, right? And every time the referee flo- throws a flag, it's on Auburn. They're not throwing penalty flags on Alabama. Well, why not? Alabama's committing committing uh, penalties. They're constantly lining up offsides. They're getting late hits in. They're roughing the kicker. They're doing all this stuff, but they're not throwing flags. You think Auburn's going to win that game? Of course not. Of course they're not. It's the people that don't play by the rules that win. And I, I, I don't promote playing dirty. I don't promote necessarily not playing by the rules. I think integrity is a big thing. I think being ethical is a big thing. But when your enemy's not playing by the rules and you're in the business of defeating your enemy... You got to play by the same rules they're playing by, especially when this much is on the line, when the future of the country is on the line. You got to play by the same rules that they're playing by. Now, if they're going to play fair, by all means, play fair. But do not play fair until they do. All right, I'm getting on a rant. So we're going to talk about that. What else we got? Uh what the mainstream media is going nuts over right now, which is Donald Trump's comments in Ohio earlier today. He talked about John McCain at uh, one of his his, uh, rallies slash speaking engagements. I'll play you a little bit of that audio. And uh, New Zealand. New Zealand is uh, their, their prime minister is now encouraging citizens to turn in their firearms. They've gone past the legislation part. They've gone past making new laws and implementing some sort of gun control. And now they're just looking citizens right in the eye and saying, go ahead and turn over your guns. Listen, we have no business in telling New Zealand how to run their country. I mean, we can look over their way and say, hey, that's a bad idea. History will tell you that. But for the most part, they can do what they want to do. They can learn the lesson the hard way. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, New Zealand will learn this lesson sooner rather than later. We will be able to see them learn that lesson. And unfortunately, they'll learn that lesson due to more tragedy, I'm afraid. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully they can come to their senses before something bad happens, but chances are, uh, as you know, when this kind of thing happens, when when you have a society that is voluntarily giving, uh, handing over their weapons to the government, it's not, it's not going to turn out good. So, that's the stuff we're going to talk about today. Also, Jeff Poor on the show, we usually have him on on uh on what is today wednesdays that's the day we have him on uh probably bring him on in the next 20 minutes or so uh but first before we get started before we break this stuff down let me remind you about nick the marketer at nick the marketer 
nickthemarketer.com. That's nickthemarketer.com. These guys are in the business of making sure you as a business owner, you uh, as as a, a person that provides services, uh, that does a podcast, that does anything you have that requires a digital footprint, that requires a website, whether that's just... Uh, letting people see where your 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 business is located or how to get in touch with you or if you've got a business where people can purchase things online if you're running some sort of um whatever sewing business you crochet and you sell it online whatever you got going on nick the marketer can not only get you set up but they can promote the absolute dog crap out of your business these guys also track everything that goes on, every person that comes to your website, every person that contacts you or purchases something from your website, they're on top of it. You will be 100% informed when you go with Nick the Marketer. It's not only that, it's search engine optimization. What does that mean? That means when people go and search for best places to, to get a uh, crochet uh, pan mitten pan holder your business and your name is going to be one of the top if not the top result when they go google that stuff he's going to make sure you're there at the top people have to trip over your link trip over your website in order to get anything else he gets your website in front of eyeballs on computer screens and uh an amazing job he and his team do there nickthemarketer.com again 205 610 9550 and uh nickthemarketer.com make sure you go over that way tell him you appreciate him supporting the over the line podcast yes and no i'm not hating on alabama i just needed a uh I just needed an analogy, and that uh, that's the first thing that popped up in my head. I should have used Tennessee versus Auburn as my analogy, because as you know, if you live in Alabama, you saw where I think I guess it was uh, ABC or was it CBS that was doing the story on Auburn winning the SEC tournament championship in basketball beating Tennessee, but instead of it saying Auburn wins SEC tournament, it says Auburn wins SEX tournament. Auburn won the sex tournament. Which, you know, I told y'all for a long time, Tennessee got screwed, and that just proves it. I'm just saying. Alright, let's break it down. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? Y'all ready? Is everybody ready? Here we go. Uh, first off, let's go with the comments from Donald Trump today. Again, he was in Ohio, uh, and he was talking about, uh, he brought up John McCain. He basically asked the crowd, hey, do you want, you want me to address this John McCain stuff? Because everybody's fascinated with it. The press won't stop asking me about it, blah, 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 blah. So, so let's just lay it all out there. Donald Trump is good about that. He's pretty good about just laying it all out there. If there's something to be talked about, Donald Trump's not worried about what's taboo. 
what he should and shouldn't talk about as president of the United States. He's a straight-up, straight shooter. He'll tell you like it is. He'll talk about whatever. He don't care. He's the honey badger. He's the honey badger with a, with a hairdo that looks like a honey badger sitting on top of his head. He gets into the whole thing and he talks about... Um, John McCain's no vote on the skinny repeal of Obamacare. And he also mentions that, hey, I didn't like the guy. Some people do. That's fine. I uh, I approved the funeral he wanted. It had to be approved by the president. And, um, you know, I didn't get a thank you or anything, but whatever. He got a, he got a proper send-off. So be it. Those comments were taken by the media because the media has this disingenuous this disingenuous love for John McCain. And I was earlier before the show, I was going through all these clips, and I don't even have time to play them, otherwise I would have loaded those up, of Democrats hammering John McCain during the 2008 presidential election when he went against Obama in his first term. And they absolutely ravaged John McCain. The media, the Democrats, everybody ripped John McCain limb from limb, called him a danger to America if he were to become president, this, that, and the other, tying him back to George W. Bush, saying that if he if he actually won president, that he might die. He's in poor health. Which ended up coming to fruition later on, but well after uh, the time he would have served if he did become president. So don't be fooled when you hear Democrats, when you hear Chuck Schumer, when you hear the mainstream media, Rachel Maddow, uh, Sleepy Eyes Chuck, uh, not Chuck Schumer, uh, Chuck uh, Meet the Press, Chuck Todd, Joe Scarborough, Chris Matthews, who, by the way, if you watch Chris Matthews on MSNBC, the guy from Hardball, I've never seen someone, and I don't know if this is a lisp or he just can't control his uh, his saliva glands or what, but this is the most slobbering, spitting dude I've ever seen in my life, especially on TV. He's just constantly talking like this, and he's just spitting everywhere. And every every sentence, he's got to stop and go, and suck all that saliva back up into his mouth so he's not drooling on live TV all over his desk and getting his papers wet. It's pretty disgusting. If you pay attention to it, I encourage you to go watch it. <laughs> it's actually hard to watch. But CNN, and, and I'm going to play this. I'm going to play the audio of Trump earlier today in Ohio, and... What I've done is I've pulled the audio from CNN where they went back and played it because where most of us want to see on our news networks when the president is speaking, and traditionally this has been the case, when the president is speaking, the news outlets go to that and they cover, they cover it, if not the entirety, they cover a majority of what the president's talking about. CNN and MSNBC, they think they're they're uh, they're standing on this moral high ground if they don't carry it as if Donald Trump is a school shooter and they're refusing to say his name or show his face they won't do it anymore because it's just it's too triggering for their audience 
So what they do is if there's something he says that they can capitalize on, they come on the backside and they play it and then comment and cry and talk about how awful it is that Donald Trump said what he said. So that's what this is. This is moments after it happened, CNN comes back. I think this is, uh, it's not Aaron Burnett. It's the, uh, it's the other cranky chick. It's always got a smug look on her face, the blonde one. Is it Camarota? I can't remember who it was. Uh, but this is her. Moments after Donald Trump makes these comments, and here's what she said. In a room full of factory workers who manufacture military tanks, the president just once again attacked the late Senator John McCain. This time saying McCain, a veteran, quote, didn't get the job done for his fellow veterans when he voted against repealing Obamacare. Despite rebukes from some Republican lawmakers, uh, McCain's own family expressing their disgust with his previous attacks, uh, the president now quadrupling down moments ago in Lima, Ohio. A lot of people are asking because they love me. They ask me about a man named John McCain. And if you want that to tell you about it, should I or not? Yes? Yeah. So I have to be honest, I've never liked him much. Hasn't been for me. I've... <laughs> and, I, and I know some of y'all are conflicted about laughing at what Donald Trump says about John McCain because you cringe when you hear... And honestly, if you recall him saying during the campaign, I like... I like war heroes that weren't captured. That was a very cringeworthy moment. If you didn't cringe, um, you know, I don't know what to say about you. You're tougher than I am. I cringed at that moment. I said, oh, that's not a good thing to say. And there were many moments where I cringed during the campaign. Because Donald Trump is a loose cannon. He's bound to say anything. But at this point, I chuckle because... When he makes these comments, he knows that the the initial I like war heroes that weren't captured was a bad call, but he's still not afraid to go down this road. He's not afraid to go down this road because this is all part of a larger plan for him. This is him dictating the media coverage. The Mueller report's about to come out, and uh, Donald Trump has got him freaked out over his comments about the late John McCain. Really, probably never will. But there are certain reasons for it, and I'll tell you. Uh, and I do this to save a little time with the press later on. John McCain received a, uh, a fake and phony dossier. Do you hear about the dossier? It was paid <laughs> Did you hear about the dossier? For it was totally fake. Oh. I can't get enough of that. And, and I, I'm going to comment on that in a minute, but that's where all this stems from. Let me go back to Trump. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mr. President. We'll get back to it. Because I'm a very loyal person. John McCain campaigned for years to repeal and replace Obamacare. For years. Okay, we jumped ahead. Let me, let me go back to the, the dossier part. Let's try that one more time. The fake dossier. John McCain got his hands on it. Here we Paid go. Paid for by crooked Hillary Clinton, right? And John got it. He got it. And what did he do? Didn't call me. 
He turned it over to the FBI, hoping to put me in jeopardy. And uh, that's not the nicest thing to do. You know, when those people say, because I'm a very loyal person. John McCain campaigned for years to repeal it. Let me make one point before I go on uh, about this whole thing where he went to the FBI. We had a new report out today that John McCain actually, before going to James Comey, went to senior Obama officials. Now, keep in mind, this is while Donald Trump is is president-elect. He goes to top Obama officials to correspond and collude, if you will, with this dossier. He sent one of his aides to talk to them to make sure they were, quote-unquote, taking the dossier seriously. The dossier that then he later gave to BuzzFeed and later to the FBI. Replace Obamacare for years in Arizona. Great state. I love the people of Arizona. But he campaigned for years for repeal and replace. So did Rob. So did a lot of senators. When he finally had the chance to do it, he voted against repeal and replace. He voted against at 2 o'clock in the morning. We remember thumbs down. We said, what the hell happened? I endorsed him at his request. <laughs> remember, thumbs down. 2 o'clock in the morning. And I gave him the kind of funeral that he wanted, which as president, I had to approve. I don't care about this. I didn't get thank you. That's okay. We sent him on the way, but I wasn't a fan of John McCain. So now what we could say is, now we're all set. I don't think I have to answer that question, but the press keeps, what do you think of McCain? What do you think? Not my kind of guy, but some people like him, and I think that's great. And CNN is completely flipped out over this. <laughs> flipped out over those comments. Now, let, let's break down what he says, because I want to let you listen to a little bit of their reaction right after. What he says is, I gave him the funeral he wanted, had to be approved by the president. We did so. And um, he says, I don't care about this. I don't care about this part, but... I didn't get a thank you from anybody. No, uh, no, I appreciate you uh, allowing that funeral to be conducted for the late John McCain. Nothing. He said, I don't care, though. It's not a big deal to me. But just let it be noted that I did what he asked for. I gave him the funeral he asked for. That's the question. That's the answer to the question the press keeps asking me. There it is. We don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm not a fan of John McCain. Some people are. That's great. Fantastic. He's just not my kind of guy. It's as simple as that. Wasn't anything derogatory. Wasn't anything nasty. He just stated some simple facts. John McCain was a uh, big part of the dossier getting spread around. He also was uh, a thumbs down on the repeal of Obamacare. After he told everybody, after he told everybody he was a solid yes, after he campaigned on it, talked to all his constituents about it, telling them he will replace, repeal and replace, only to give a thumbs down at 2 a.m. Those are facts. He just stated facts. 
and then said McCain's not my kind of guy. Nothing hostile, nothing crazy. But the press, as you're about to hear, takes that and completely twists it around, blows it out of proportion, and makes it seem like he was in a rage on stage, trashing John McCain, trashing his service, when really, for what McCain had done to him, he was being very mild. McCain pretty much single-handedly kicked off a special investigation and a special prosecutor that has been up Donald Trump's backside for his entire presidency. He's fought against that thing his entire presidency over a fake collusion scandal. It's all fake. Nothing's going to change the fact that the Russian collusion with Donald Trump is fake. It's as fake as man-made climate change. It's not real. It's a fake scandal. And it's John McCain's fault. John McCain also died a bitter old man with hatred in his heart towards Donald Trump. And that's unfortunate. Because that's not how you want to go out. You don't want to go out with hatred in your heart for your fellow brother, your fellow sister. I think we all know that. But he did. To his dying day, he expressed his hatred for Donald Trump how he didn't want him to take any part in his funeral, nothing. Don't want nothing to do with him. So if you think about all that, Donald Trump's being pretty nice in his comments. Here is CNN reacting to that on the backside. I think that's great. I gave him the funeral he wanted, and I didn't get a thank you. This is coming from the President of the United States, again, disparaging the late Senator John McCain. Uh, it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. She's choking up. She's so she's so distraught, so sad that the President of the United States would say this. Oh, I can't take it. Disingenuous, fake love fest of John McCain. Because think about it, you could be anybody. The media could hate your guts. And if you came out, I mean, you could be public enemy number one. You're the second most hated guy by the media next to Donald Trump. Say you are. You've trashed the media. You've called them an enemy of the people. You've just done everything that they hate. But you came out one day and just said, you know what? I hate Donald Trump. I think he's a con man. All of a sudden, you are the darling of the media just for that one sentence that came out of your mouth. Just look, you, you want to talk about the most recent instance of that? Look at Michael Cohen. Barbara Stars at the Pentagon and Barbara, it's just, it, it, it's sad at this point. Brooke, I think there's actually a couple of things to sort out here. So it's very clear that President Trump views the late senator as his political adversary, if not his political enemy. Set the politics aside. The president's entitled to have uh, named anybody as his political enemy if that's what he thinks in his own head. But there is something much more deep going on here. The president saying that veterans are on his side, disparaging the late senator as a war hero. This is politicizing the U.S. military. And you might ask yourself today, why has the U.S. military been so quiet? Why are they letting Senator McCain's war record, why are they a big go? First of all, thank you for inviting me to your show. 
Donald Trump is politicizing the military. Why is the military being quiet? Oh. You know why? You want me to tell you why? Why the military is, is not coming out and condemning Donald Trump for every single thing that he says like CNN does? You want me to tell you? Because they like Donald Trump. A majority of the military supports Donald Trump. And you know why they support Donald Trump? Not because he called for a Muslim ban. Not because he wants to build a wall. Not because he called Jeb Bush low energy and made fun of the whole Bush family. That's not why they like him. That's not why they support the president. They support the president for one reason. Because he supports them. And no matter how much CNN tries to spin that, no matter how much CNN says Donald Trump hates the veterans, Donald Trump hates the military, the military knows better. And a lot of you guys listening are in the military, or you, uh, you have served. You're a veteran of this great country. And that's the main reason you support this president. Now, I'm just talking from a place that has heard other people that have served this great country have told me. I never served. I have never uh, accomplished that, uh, that great feat, that honor. I've not done so. So I can't say uh, that this is, this is how they feel. I can just tell you how they've told me they feel. And it's because this president supports them. After serving under a president, after serving under a commander-in-chief, that they feel, that they felt, did not support them 100% like they feel this president does. He did something else when he was talking to reporters. He pulled out a map. He pulled out a map that showed... Uh, where ISIS held strongholds when he took the office. And you can actually go to Donald Trump's Twitter and see this. He ended up tweeting it later in the day. And it's a map of the Middle East, and, and there's red splotches all over Afghanistan and Syria and Iraq showing where ISIS was when he took office. And then there's a second map showing where ISIS is right now. And it is one teeny tiny little dot on that map showing that this administration in our great U.S. military with the appropriate tools without the restrictions of fighting with their hands tied behind their back has been able to obliterate ISIS. And he basically said that little dot's all that's left but we'll probably be taking care of that at the end of the day. We got them held on a on a mountaintop or in a cave or something. And we're just going to go blow them off the map. And then we're done. ISIS continues to shrink because once we actually get out there and fight them, once we actually get out there and start wiping these sheep-loving, uh, sand-eating, dirty, stinky terrorists off the map... They lose their power. They lose their power to recruit. They had it under Obama. All they had to do was go to these, these young guys, these fighting age males, and say, 
hey, look. Look at the strongholds we have. Look how much our territory is growing. What we know about Allah and what he wants us to do, it's obviously true because everything, everything we believe is coming to fruition. Allah is so strong, he has the U.S., the, the, the superpower of the world, cowering to us. They won't even fight us because they're scared of us, because they know Allah is on our side. That's a powerful recruiting tool for them to get more dirty, stinky, sand-eating terrorists on their side. But now that they're disappearing and they're being blown to smithereens, they have no recruiting tool. Like you see the, the chick from Hoover, Alabama. The, the, the ISIS bride. Even she don't want to be a part of ISIS anymore. She loved ISIS. Y'all know how much she loved ISIS. Even she wants to get out of there. They're done. They're done. Simply because we have a leader that decided to let the military do their job and do it in the most effective way that they know how. The military knows how to get the job done better than Obama. The military knows how to get the job done better than Trump, better than any of us. They know how to do it. All they needed is a commander-in-chief to tell them, go knock yourself out. Wipe these dirty terrorists off the map because we're done playing games. We're done with it. We're done with them. Wipe them off the map. I got to take a quick break. I got plenty more to talk about. Also, we're supposed to have my dear friend, Jeff Poor from Breitbart, Yellowhammer, and WVNN coming up next. He's going to give us a few minutes as we move along on this March 20th, 2019 edition of Over the Line. Overthelineshow.com. Don't go anywhere. Are you looking to get the word out and help grow your business? Hey, it's Andrew from Over the Line, the podcast. We are looking to partner with brand new business owners to help grow their business and get the word out to our listeners so we can link them up with the best businesses around. They spend their hard-earned money on these products, on these services, and we want to make sure we get them teamed up with the right people. If you're interested in teaming up with this podcast and letting people know about your business, contact me, Andrew, at OverTheLineShow.com. That's Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com. 
If you take a step towards me, you will take my breath away. So I'll keep you close and keep my secrets safe. No one else has ever loved me. No one else has ever tried. I never understood how much I could take. Over the line, over the line show.com hanging out with you on this uh, this Wednesday. It's Wednesday. On the phone, I have my man Jeff Poor as promised. It's been a couple weeks since we've spoken because I've been a slacker on this podcast. Jeff, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. Man, I tell you what, you sound more and more like a radio guy every time I talk to you. Every I single just, time. I need, to, I need to work on that, don't I? I mean, seriously. We we text a lot, so I, I don't get to hear your voice. But when I do, you're like, totally Jeff Port radio guy. Look at me, drive time, bringing you home with state politics. That's what you sound like. <laughs> you sound just like... <laughs> Is that good or bad? I don't know. That's fantastic. <laughs> you're you're really coming along. You're growing up. You're a big boy now. It's uh, hey, you it's saw great. me when I was just 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 a just a feeble radio guest. <laughs> right. You're just a little guy in the studios at 101 WIDE, and now you're all grown up. Uh, by the way, I I don't know if uh, we can even talk about this, but I, I think I'm coming to to fill in for you in a couple weeks, which is very exciting. That means yeah. um, the people in Huntsville and North Alabama, and really anybody online, will be able to hear me back on the public airwaves. That's kind of a big deal. April 5th, 2 to 5. Yeah. WVNN. Andrew McLean makes his makes his uh, uh, triumphant return to North Alabama and the Tennessee River Valley. Can't miss it. 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Look, there's a radio voice again. I was like, no, I was like, WVNN, yeah. Um, you also <laughs> said that I'm going to have a guest on there. Uh, and <laughs> I don't even remember what his name was, but you were like, you're going to have state rep so-and-so on. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't know who that guy is, but I'll, I'll interview the crap out of him. State Representative Mike Ball, he is a been in the legislature forever, but he likes to talk. Uh, he doesn't really want to talk about the nuts and bolts of state politics. He likes to talk about big picture stuff. So I think you and him will probably get along really well. Oh, I'm sure we will. We'll knock it out of the park. We'll we'll tell secrets about like uh, Scott Beeson and stuff. That's probably the only yeah. connection we have. Well, so you'll like this guy. He'll, he's he's a uh, he's a guitar, he's a music guy. He'll bring his uh he'll bring his guitar. Or, he uh, he brought in his fiddle uh, when I was doing my remote yesterday in Montgomery. <laughs> what he brought his fiddle. So he's just, this guy. So he's been in the legislature forever. Whenever he's having a hard day, you know what he does? He goes down to Hank Williams Senior's grave down there at the cemetery in Montgomery, and he will get out his guitar and have a couple of beers and play his guitar right there next to the tombstone. Wow, that's uh. 
That's really breaking tradition. I thought most people in Montgomery, when they were having a, a bad day and stressing out, that they just got themselves a pinch of Copenhagen and stuck it in their lip. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is the North Alabama inning, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the Yankees. I got you. Um, yeah. What what we were talking about before we brought you on, Jeff, was the the drama going on with John McCain. And I want to use the term drama loosely because we know that Donald Trump has said things in the past about John McCain that were very cringeworthy. Those things he said about him lacking his heroes that, that weren't captured and all that kind of stuff, that was, that was cringeworthy on the campaign trail. We all kind of tightened up when he... Uh, when he made those comments, uh, but now the he he sent something else about the no vote on the skinny repeal and this that and the other. So that has the press fired back up with their fake love and admiration for John McCain that they they never found within themselves until he made himself a staunch opponent of the president, and uh, they're really making that their battle cry right now, which is causing a, a flurry of questions heading Donald Trump's way from the press. So as he's in Ohio today, he addresses it. He says, y'all keep asking me about it. I'll say this. And you heard the comments. We just played them here on the show. Um, right. What's your uh, what's your takeaway from what he said uh, at his uh, his rally, his event there? Well, I, I thought, well, let's just dig a little deeper into this Donald Trump, John McCain thing. It's a little bizarre to me. Uh, and, and I don't understand, like, why Donald Trump will just let it go. Uh, but, well, I, I kind of know why, because, first of all, I think the media keeps baiting him into it. Uh, but his remarks, like, uh, uh, just in general, I mean, you know what triggered this? It was the whole Steele dossier thing and McCain shopping it around or whatever he was doing. For some reason, sending somebody over to Europe to to, to investigate it, uh, but but if you dig deeper and you look back, I've always thought that John McCain just a little bit bitter about not being president of the United States, and here comes goofy old Trump from the Queens, just runs, never ran for office before, and he's able to win. And John, a poor old John McCain, brought on Sarah Palin, did time in the Hanoi Hilton. Uh, had to endure the, the, the 2000 election in South Carolina with uh, George W. Bush in the Republican primary there. Just couldn't catch a break. But here comes the Johnny Cub lately. Donald Trump wants to be president. He gets to be president. John McCain never liked that. John McCain really, really did not like that. And it just kind of kept going and kept going and kept going. But Donald Trump is a guy. Uh, I think he's being baited into it. I think the media want to drive that narrative that there's that feud and Here's Donald Trump beating up on a dead guy. And, 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 you know, all these comments he's making about it, I think, are just responding to what the media is saying. It is. I feel like he doesn't have to talk about those things, although he is the type of person that's not going to shy away from a particular topic. I think he's using that to dictate the coverage. Now, I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea. I would prefer Trump let the media lie in the Russian colluded bed that they made as the Mueller report gets ready to come out and force them to make excuses as to why it did not show collusion. Um, But Donald Trump seems to know the plan better than I do when it comes to play in the media. So I've, I've gotten into the business of just trusting him and see where it goes. So I can't tell if he's the one playing the media or the media playing him. 
or what's going on because there's a there's a school of thought out there that the Mueller report's not going to be anything, that it's going to be a dud. And that's why you're not hearing Russia, Russia, Russia as much as you used to. So then the media want to distract from that and put him on this John McCain thing. On the other hand, there's an alternative theory that the Russia thing is going to be big, that the Mueller report is going to be huge, and the Trump administration and Donald Trump himself is doing this with McCain and the weird George Conway, Kellyanne Conway feud, and that this is all part of him playing 3D chess to make you take your eye off the ball. So you tell me what you think it is because I, I've heard both theories. I think they're both kind of crazy. I think no one's that smart and no one's that calculating to really try to manipulate the media like that. But uh, that seems to be the two uh, – the two theories out there from, uh, from, 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 you know, all corners, I think. Well, yeah. And he, he's given the media what they want, but I, I feel like there's a reason behind it. And I'm not going to pretend to know what that is, but when it comes down to it, he knows they're going to twist his words. He knows they're going to take whatever he says and, and blow it out of proportion. And, and they did that with this right here. So maybe it's a thing where, he says what he's got to say. His supporters know what he means by, uh, you know, the things he said. And then he does it so the media will blow it out of proportion and then allow them to discredit themselves even more if there's anything even left to discredit. Because you right. look at the things he said at that rally and they were very mild. They weren't uh, attacking other than the no vote. And the dossier, which were absolute facts, he just stated the facts. He also said, I, I provided them him the funeral that he wanted. It doesn't matter to me, but I did not get a thank you, but that's fine. John McCain's not my kind of guy. Some people like him. That's okay. And then he moved on. That was it. And then the media took it as this is the most vicious, nasty attack that you could have made on a guy, especially a dead guy, that is that, that served this country and was a POW. Maybe that's well, it. Well, it's just a weird thing to even talk about, right? Why even Why even give it oxygen? Uh, so, I mean, he's being be, – yeah, certainly being backed into a corner with it a lot. Uh, but but why – I mean, he could say, no, I'm not talking about that. Or, or, or take the high road and just say, John McCain was a great American. He served his country with uh, with dignity and honor. And uh, the nation is just uh, they're 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 going to miss him or something just generic like that, and he won't do that. So I, I don't know. Like if I'm advising the president, I say just just let it go. But who knows? Like there may be something else at play there, and that's what I'm trying to wrap my head around. Well, you're no Brad Parscale. Let me tell you that, Jeff Poor, because uh, I say go after him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he should have said uh, something along the lines of, uh, we are very saddened by the passing of John McCain because he died a bitter old man, which is so factual gonna, and sympathetic. <laughs> you're going to take, take both there. You're going to take the yeah. high road and the low road. Yeah, because he did. <laughs> he, he was a bitter old man. And, and you know, no, Jesus. We, and I, agree, I absolutely agree with that. John McCain was no saint. And he was a horrible human being when he was in the Senate. He had a temper. He was bad to his staff. He was horrible to our senator here in Alabama at the time, Jeff Sessions, over the stupid immigration uh, and gang of whatever it was amnesty deal because Sessions wouldn't go along with it. Uh, he was just a hard person to work with. So, I, you know, you're not going to hear any sympathy for John McCain out of me. 
But my problem with it is, it's just he's gone. He's not. He, he's a. He's, he's buried under the ground now. Why are we? Why are we still talking about this? Wow. Well, he's like they are fighting each other from the. He's fighting uh, Donald <laughs> yeah. Trump from the grave or something. It, it's like well, he is. He is Jeff because here's the thing. John McCain is one of uh, one of the members of the foundation of why there has been a special investigator up Donald Trump's is since he has been president for his entire presidency. He's had Robert Mueller up his backside, a special counsel hanging over his head because of John McCain. So John McCain, as bitter as he was, he, I guess he got what he want, and that's for this thing to continue to hang. Because keep in mind, you know, once the report comes out, that may be the end of Robert Mueller, but there's just another variation of Robert Mullen coming right along with Congress as they continue this investigation to keep that cloud going uh, over Donald Trump's head into 2020. Do you think that's really the case, though, that if the Mueller report comes out and it says, we found that Donald Trump surrounded himself with a bunch of scumbags, but we can't find any evidence of Russia collusion. Then uh, right after the report comes out, Adam Schiff, who's the, the House Intelligence Committee chairman, says, oh, no, the Mueller report wasn't sufficient. We're going to keep this cloud over. So do you think the American people are really going to be like, yeah, you tell them, Adam Schiff. Yeah, I think that's a fool's errand. I think the American public will get tired of it. It becomes very McCarthy-esque, if you ask me. I think it's a not a winning situation for Democrats. It may keep the base engaged. It may keep the base voting and interested or whatever they want to do with the base. But at some point, the people that kind of thought, well, maybe there was some Russian collusion there. At some point, they're going to be like, okay, this is nothing but a, uh, a witch hunt and a fishing expedition. Donald Trump was right, and we just don't need this kind of stuff in our politics. Right. No, I, I agree with that 100%. I, th I think people are, are going to be burned out once the report comes out because they've, they've trusted, whether they like them or not, they're middle-of-the-road voters or whatever, they've, they've gone ahead and given people like Adam Schiff the benefit of a doubt and said, okay, you're right. If there's if if he did nothing wrong, that's what this report will show. But just in case, we're willing to allow this investigation to go on. We're we're willing to go along with it and say, let's see what comes of it. And 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 the Democrats and Shift and the rest of them, they have put all their eggs in that basket and they have put all their trust into Robert Mueller. They've talked him up, talked about how much integrity he and his team has and how if anybody's going to get to the bottom of this, it's going to be him. And and that's part of what has brought uh, a majority of uh, Americans that are not Trump supporters and see this for uh, see this for what it is. That's what has brought them to that side to say, OK, allow it to happen. And if it didn't happen, right. we will see if, if there was no collusion. We'll find out. Once that ends and, and the Democrats are scrambling for excuses, these people are going to say, no, 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 you told us that this was going to bring the conclusion whether it happened or not. He says it didn't happen. Why are we continuing with that stuff? And that's why I agree with you on the fact that uh, they'll be burned out on it, and independent voters or whatever you want to call them. And that's something the Democrats need. They need those people that were giving them the benefit of a doubt and uh, mixed with... The fact that they're moving so far left and then this, as they say that Mueller's report's not sufficient enough, that's not going to be good. That's going to backfire on them. Well, yeah, and I, here's what I would watch for, Andrew. Uh, I think that there's going to be a presidential candidate, 
among the 2020 field that will say, it'll go Bernie Sanders on them. Can we stop talking about the damn Mueller report or the damn Russian collusion or something? Yeah. We need to get back to talking about the American people. He's, whoever he or she is that does that will sit, is, is, is going with a different strategy to set themselves apart from this field of where we've gone so-called progressives and, and Green New Deal-y kind of like far left East Coast, West Coast policies. I think somebody's going to say, all right, my lane is to the right of these coops. That's where I win the nomination. Watch for that person. Yeah, if they want to separate themselves and, and, and they want to move up front of the pack, that's going to be the way to do it. You know, some of your your wacko leftist base is going to be enraged that you're just letting this go. But you can approach it as a Democrat in a way of saying, listen, if he did do this, we're never going to be able to get him out before the election anyway. So let's move on. Let's concentrate on the important things. And I think that would greatly benefit uh, whoever does that, but I, I don't know that you've got anybody in that pack that's that's even going to do it. I mean, Nancy Pelosi seems to be leaning that way, but she's not she's not running for president, and she can't seem to to herd the cats of her party anyway. When she says, "Let's just let it go," but I think in the pack of the Democratic candidates, the twenty twenty candidates, they're all fighting over the same crazed, like socialist loving type of uh, uh, voters. There's got to be a number of just traditional Democrat voters. And let's just say they are in some blue states, but they are just Democrats because it's like in Alabama. You may be conservative-ish. You may be somewhere moderate, but you always vote Republican primaries because Republicans always win. So the same applies to Democrats. While you have the kooky far left, like in New York, where uh, the, the 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 places like the Bronx and places like uh, uh, you know certain parts of Manhattan, certain parts of Brooklyn are very very left wing of you know borderline communist Soviet bloc you know nations or whatever you want to call them, they're going to go with the crazy kid. They're going to go with the Bernie Sanders or the Beto O'Rourke or whatever. Then you're going to have one candidate. This says, all right, I'm going to distinct make myself a distinct candidate. I'm going to distinguish myself from the pack. I must say we need to stop talking about this. We need to go kitchen table issues, as uh, our senator here in Alabama, our junior senator Doug Jones, likes to say. Kitchen table issues. Russian collusion isn't a kitchen table issue because we're done and Donald Trump's not going to win in 2020. I think there's going to be enough voters that will carry whoever that is. And this may be in New Hampshire. This may come in Iowa. But it will be enough voters that will get that, that candidate that you may not be thinking of. It could be Klobuchar. It could be O'Rourke. It could be any of these that will get them to where they need to be to at least be competitive. Because right now you have, I think you have uh, one top tier candidate when he announces that that's going to be Joe Biden. Then kind of under that, you'll have Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and, and so on. Then you have the Warrens, and then you go further down. I, I don't think Beto has staying power. I think people will get tired of him. But that, that that's kind of where it is. And you're going to need one person to throw that Hail Mary. So watch for who that person may be. And I think that's a, uh, I think that's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but it, it won't it won't go far beyond when Mueller finally releases the report. I'm with you. All right, real quick before I let you go, because we gotta wrap this thing up. Uh Kellyanne Conway and her husband and Donald Trump in some sort of bizarre political love triangle. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on here. I I, I I'm kinda leading tinfoil hat here that this is all just they're just trolling us. And they just, 
are yeah. generating this up because I can't imagine. I, we've heard the stories about Kelly out of Conway. You read Cliff Sims' book. Uh, but I, I think the one thing Cliff Sims got right is probably just how diabolical Kelly and Conway has become since getting in the White House. This may be some kind of crazy media strategy that, and if you turn on CNN, they are falling for it. They're relying on George Conway's uh, mental diagnoses, the psychological uh, evaluations of Donald Trump, like there's a 25th Amendment angle or something weird there. But they are going along with it, right? And I, I just, I can't not. I, I cannot be thinking here that, that, that Kellyanne Conway and George goes home to George Conway and everything's fine after he says all this. That there has to be something weird going on here. It, it's the same reason we're talking about it, the same reason CNN has gone wall to wall with it. What, what, what is going on there? Why does he keep doing it? And why is Trump responding to it? So if he's – Donald Trump's responding to this. Maybe there's something there that, 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 that we, we – you know, it sounds like I said, tinfoil hack conspiracy theory – that they're just trolling us, and they're doing something to make up make up sort of a media uh, narrative there. But I mean, what oh, else could it be? Hey, listen, I'm with you on that, and I even tweeted that, so I had a record of it when it came out to show that that was my that that was my assessment of that situation. That it's all fake. It's a work. It's professional wrestling, and they're trolling the media with it because you know that uh, George. Conway has 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 got the goods on Donald Trump. He talks to his wife around the kitchen table. He knows some information that not that, that the general public or the media doesn't know and that CNN, MSNBC, every every media outlet is beating his door down to talk to him and get him to 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 give the goods because when you've got the goods and you hate Donald Trump that much, you're going to be willing to give him up in a heartbeat. You we can also, we, like- also, couldn't Donald Trump just say, hey, Kelly, tell your husband to knock it off or you're out of a job? Right. I mean, like, I mean, uh, you're not probably not ethical to do that, but what's to stop Donald Trump from doing that? He hasn't done that. Well, Donald Trump likes this kind of stuff, so it would make sense. I, yeah, because would... I, I, would, I would point to uh, the, 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 remember the weird Donald Trump, Rosie O'Donnell feud? Yeah. And you had like Barbara Walters kind of in between mediating it. So Kelly and Conway is the Barbara Walters. Uh, George Conway's the Rosie O'Donnell, and Donald Trump is the Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I can see that. Um, but you know, he's he's out there saying George Conway is a nut, and that his wife is an amazing supporter of his, and she does a great job for him, and all this kind of stuff. So it, it's just it's too far fetched for me to say that this is actually a thing. Kellyanne and George have a normal marriage, and that uh, they're able to separate work from home life from george's trump derangement syndrome and any of that it just it, it's it's too far-fetched it, it's like the jesse smollett uh story that he gave police it's just nothing seems real uh, george conway yeah, yeah. comes out tomorrow and he's wearing a noose around his neck and he says donald trump attacked him in the in the in the or, backyard of his home or better yet here's what's gonna happen uh, a few months from now, George Conway was like, you guys, y'all fell for it? Y'all really thought that I thought he was crazy? I mean, like, y'all, the joke's on y'all. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm with you, Jeff. You and I agree that I think that's a big work and that everybody's being played, and I'm not going to buy it until till something comes out that that shows me that this thing has been real the whole time. So 
we will uh, we'll see what happens. Jeff Poor on WVNN, 2 to 5 Central Time every weekday, Monday through Friday. Y'all can check him out there. You can listen to him online. Is it WVNN.com? That is correct. All right, WVNN. You're also uh, contributors to uh, several publications. If you still have your job there, uh, Yellowhammer, Breitbart. I don't know if they – are you still with those guys? I still am with those guys. Uh, Breitbart.com. I am an editor for the Breitbart TV page. And you can read me on Yellowhammer sporadically. And I also write a weekly column for those of you listening in the Mobile area in Laniap, LaniapMobile.com. Yeah, you're, you're on uh, Mobile Radio, too. You, uh, I saw you were on there today, 106.5 or something. 106.5. I have to talk 106.5 because I used to I used to be a Mobile guy. So I really like got my start journalism in Mobile. Always kept the foot in the door there. Still write a call and still do regular radio appearance down there. So I, I know my Mobile peeps very well. There you go. My man, Jeff Poor. Jeff, I appreciate it. We'll be uh, having you on the show again next week, hopefully. And then I'll be excited to come up there to Huntsville or Athens or wherever this place is and uh, fill in those big shoes of yours, sir. Oh, I assure you, you 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 got more radio uh, chops than than just just wanna be radio print journalist has. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see what happens when I run your show into the ground. Jeff, talk to you soon, buddy. All right, thanks for having me on, Andrew. There you go, my man Jeff Poor. Always love to hear from him. Um, and we'll have him on again next week or whenever. He's got some good insight. Smart guy, super smart guy. Uh. We got to wrap this thing up because it's getting late, but I want to talk about one more thing before we uh, before we do so. Now, this is this is about the electoral college, and we may need to wait before I I, I get into this. But there's a, a a vote that happened in Delaware. The Delaware House of Representatives have passed a bill which is joining a trend of many other states to give their electoral college votes to whoever wins the popular vote. So whoever wins the popular vote, that's where their points go to, no matter how their state voted. Now keep in mind, this whole discussion, this whole hubbub, is over the fact that we feel like people's voices are being silenced, yet here are states joining the cause of giving their votes to a candidate just because the rest of the country voted that way. Okay. So in a 24 to 17 vote, the Delaware House passed the measure that would add the Diamond State to the compact of 12 states working to undermine the Electoral College, which, as we know, Democrat candidates want to completely abolish. So this doesn't take effect, okay? Now this is symbolic and, and it's a, it's an attempt to make it a thing because this this popular vote plan, it will only take effect if enough states sign on. And that number would depend on the electoral votes. You know, you got to have 270 to win. In a presidential race, 270 electoral votes. The the states that do sign on to this, their their electoral votes have to add up to 270 collectively. 
So once they get enough states to 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 equal 270 or more electoral votes, then that could take shape. But it would basically bind their electoral college electors to the candidate who wins the popular vote nationwide instead of the candidate that gets the most vote in their own state. How absurd is this? You've got now here's the states that are currently on board with this Colorado, Vermont, Rhode Island, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Washington, New York, Illinois, New Jersey, and California. States that are almost guaranteed Democrat or are close to guaranteed Democrat. But think about silencing the vote. And here we go again. Democrats, if they can't change the rules, if they can't change the Constitution, they'll they'll bring it local and they'll change the rules. Because they can't win unless they change the rules. We talked about this yesterday. It's just a thing. And Democrats are now saying that the Electoral College is, it, it was created... Because of slavery, okay? This is, this is what they do. Uh, um, uh, Steve Cohen from Tennessee, he said the Electoral College was conceived in sin to perpetuate slavery. Bringing race into everything, that's what they do. It's what they do best. They don't like the Electoral College. What do you do? You call it racist. It's racist. Of course it's racist. Elizabeth Warren, she was at her, um, what was she doing? Town Hall in Mississippi on CNN answering questions. And she was, uh, she was basically saying the same thing. That the Electoral College is just a, it's just a bad thing. And we've got to abolish it. Here's some of her comments from that town hall. Here's some highlights. Get rid of the electoral college and everybody. Nothing I ever did or my family played any role in any job I ever got. How do you respond to people who think that regardless of the underlying facts, the way you handled the question of your Native American heritage was tone deaf, offensive, and indicative of a lack of presidential tact? Well, you know... I grew up in Oklahoma. I learned about my family from my family. And um, based on that, that's, that's just kind of who I am. And I do the best I can with it. You know? <laughs> that is the worst possible answer you could have given to that question. The worst possible answer. She didn't, she didn't even remotely answer it. She just danced around and said her family told her what she was. And so she went with it. She goes on to to perpetuate those rumors that slavery is is the the, the root cause of the Electoral College. And that's the main reason they need to get rid of it. But here's the thing. Elizabeth Warren is wrong. Steve Cohen's wrong. The Electoral College is an institution that was created by Article 2 of the Constitution for the election of the president. 
it provides that each state will appoint a certain number of electors equal to the number of representatives it has in Congress, which is the House plus the Senate. The electors are to meet in their respective states and cast their votes for president. The votes from all the states are then counted in Congress, and the person who has the majority is elected president. The primary purpose of the Electoral College was to serve as a break on populism and not anything to do with slavery. Alexander Hamilton writes in The Federalist, quote, a small number of persons selected by their fellow citizens from the general mass will be most likely to possess the information and discernment necessary to select a person with the requisite qualifications who would not use low intrigue or little arts of popularity to sway the masses of people to support him. So in other words, the Electoral College was designed as an anti-populist measure. Over time, the votes of uh, the electors became more or less automatic. That is, all of the state's electors generally cast their vote for whichever presidential candidate wins the majority of votes in the state. Nobody, or at least few, were bothered by this, this, this electoral college at all. Nobody had a problem with it. Even after George W. Bush beats Al Gore in 2000, even though he lost the popular vote, They had a problem with it, but not enough to go and change the rules at that time. They were upset, but they didn't change the rules. But then came the election of Donald Trump, which Democrats still regard as illegitimate. Many of these people cling to the conspiracy theories that Trump somehow conspired with Russia to steal this presidency. The real non-secret was that Trump campaigned in the Midwestern states that Democrats had taken for granted. Hillary Clinton didn't even visit Wisconsin in the general election. Yet Elizabeth Warren, Steve Cohen, other Democrats, they now want to undo the system that allowed Trump to win. Simply because they're not willing to accept the results of the 2016 election. And it is nothing more complicated than that. We, I, and everybody else, we're getting out of here. That's a wrap for this episode of Over the Line. Remember, overthelineshow.com. And if you are not a follower on Facebook, make sure you do so immediately. Look up Over the Line. Give us a like. Look at all our awesome memes and videos, and all that jazz. It's all there for you. You can share, you can laugh, you can cry, and you can trigger snowflakes. Don't know if we'll have a podcast tomorrow. If it's possible, we'll throw one out. But if we don't, we will get you the next episode as soon as possible. And if there's any breaking news, as long as you keep up with my personal Twitter, at Andrew Who. 
or the Over the Line Facebook page. We will keep you up to date. We're out of here. Until next time, see you, cuz. <laughs>